What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. I'm Howard Bender. With me, of course, Adam Ronis. Adam, did you, did you have yourself a nice little weekend here? Um, not really. wasn't wasn't great. Um, well, Saturday I had my auction home league, and then I was sick on Sunday, and still feeling under the weather today. And I did a I did a draft for someone, and they had no clock. The worst experience ever in my life <laughs> the worst was matt deutsch the commissioner no but this was a 20 round draft it took four hours uh, yep 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 um i've been a part of those they are absolutely brutal um you, no clock and, and an online draft yeah i mean just painful i mean for real like it should never be done i'm okay i think because, yeah, we have for Sirius XM. We've some, done some drafts with no clock. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's not – it definitely wasn't as bad as this one. Um, so if you have a good group and you know that no one's going to take a significant amount of time, fine. But I don't think you can do it because there's always going to be a couple people who do take advantage and take too long. So uh, it's a lesson. Always have a clock, for real. I mean, even if you want to have it a minute and a half, fine. But you got to have a clock, man, because then you have people who really take advantage of it. And I mean, I was not feeling well either. And I'm laying down on the couch and I just have the laptop to the side and I would just pop up. I mean, honestly, so I was picking two out of 12. So obviously I made the two picks quick. I could have taken a shower and came back <laughs> and still I was not on the clock for real. Like it was that bad. I am not exaggerating. I'm like, this is if I would have known that I would I would have said no. I didn't know. I'm like, I messaged a guy like, you know, there's no clock. He's like, no, for real. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh man, I would have told the commission. I'm like, this is brutal, bro. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's terrible. It really is. Um, you know, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been in, in, in an online one with no clock and it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you, even in the, um, you know, because you can't see somebody, right. I mean, you, you don't know what I'm doing. You just said you could go take a shower, right. What happens if, you know, you're like, you're in the shower, uh, and, and, you know, you're, you just, you lose track of time, right? You, you lose track of time. You're thinking about your draft and other stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. You get out and, and all of a sudden you've chewed up and you've only chewed up like three or four minutes off of the clock, but still three, four minutes, right? Like for somebody who's sitting there waiting to make their pick, that's, that's forever, dude. It's, it's a huge pain in the ass. And like you said, you know, it, it turns a, 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 possible hour and a half to two hour draft into a four hour like nightmare so (laughs) always have a clock you know it's amazing really like like the the simple things that i guess we just take for granted being in the industry i guess i mean i think most people if you're doing online i think most people do use a clock Uh, obviously if you're doing a draft in person there's no clock. I mean, I know sometimes the commissioner will say, all right, if someone takes long, you know, we're going to press you to make a pick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the in-person drafts, usually they don't have a clock. But, I mean, people are going to move quickly and you're there. So you can tell someone, hey, uh, you're you're taking a little too long. 30 seconds is all you got. Make your pick. So it's different, I think, in person. Although, um, I mean, like the NFBC, they do like 55 seconds, man. No joke. It's like. That's yeah, it. I've I've never been I've never been in a live draft that doesn't have a, a a clock in it. Like I mean, there's at least there's somebody sitting there with you know like the little hourglass. You know, somebody pulls it from like their boggle set or whatever, right? So like at least you know that that's like a one minute clock, 
so that, you know, even if you're like sitting there and you take, you know, you take two minutes because, you know, that they flip the, the hourglass and they say, all right, you one minute, you got to make your pick now. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Oh, and then he stands up there and he like looks at like 20 stickers for like another, you know, 45 seconds. Oh, I'm just looking for it. I'm trying to find where my guy is. I'm trying to, like, it's like, no, you're still actually deciding. But I mean, at least then, you know, give me that. Give me the hourglass. The worst part about this, this was going on in the first and second round. So I was like, oh, forget it. This thing's going four hours. I knew it. I'm like, if we can't even get through the first and second round quickly, What's going to happen in the 12th? So I knew it right away. I messaged the guy. I'm like, dude, this is going to take four hours at this pace. It did. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I, I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. So, and you were doing it for somebody. Yeah. Like that's even, that's even worse. Right. <laughs> that's just, that's the price. It's not even your team. It's <laughs> Oh my God! So, so tell me about your uh, your home league draft on Saturday, because at least you were you weren't sick at that point, right? So clear headed. How'd your home draft go? Um, I think it went pretty good. Um, you know, I think the people have gotten better in my league over the years, and also they all listen to this podcast and and know my content, man. Cause I saw them in the chat room before they're like, yeah, I've been listening to this stuff, this and that. I'm like, great, man. So, you know, <laughs> they, they bid me up on a lot of guys. I liked and You know, sometimes I always say, you know, the price becomes too high and you kind of have to back away a little bit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it went pretty well. I mean, I usually always do well in the league. So there's a lot of trades in this league though. Not usually by me, but, there's like, and then added like two or three more teams this year. And it looks like they are, are trading and want to trade a lot too. So uh, it looks like it's going to be a league full of trades. There's one guy who drafts the trade. I mean, you could see it and he just does it every single year. And it's just like, that is just so much work. It's not like this is a high dollar league, man. I'm like, right. really? You're going to do all that work over six months just to, I'm like, good luck to you, man. Just, I don't have that time to do that. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, is is it his only league? If it's his nah, only league, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's not. Then he so so he is. He's just a madman. <laughs> yeah, just he's just a monster. <laughs> yeah, I dude. Should, it, it I should me. either I should either say, hey, we're gonna do no trades going forward, or charge a transaction for every trade. That's what I would. I should do. I'm like, hey guys, you know, we have so many trades. Uh, I'm gonna start charging ten dollars per trade. See what happens. Um, yeah, I mean, are you are you doing that though simply because you don't have the you're not as much of a trader as this person is and you don't have no, the, the, the time to invest? The trades are dude, when I tell you they're excessive, they're excessive. Like if I went back and counted, uh, I honestly I don't even know what the ball there, he probably made at least 50 trades last year. It's a lot. It is a lot, man. And like, there's offers coming almost every other day from him. Well, that's always, you know, that's always the pain in the ass too, right? Because you are, <clears throat> you know, you're doing your thing and you're just, you're bombarded with emails. And, you know, I mean, what, are, what do his trades look like from the start? Like, are they one of those like, hey, you know, it's just the first step in a negotiation. 
kind of an offer? Is it actually like a legitimate offer? I mean, I don't love all of them. So I guess some are okay, others aren't, but he won't stop. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, you know, I mean, you know, I deal with, uh, you know, a lot of trade. Like, you know, you, you don't see a huge amount of trading in, a, in, a, in an industry league unless you're like in there against like Fred Zinke or Steve Phillips. Because those guys are just wheeling and dealing on a regular basis. Like, it's it's crazy. Um, but, I mean, I'm just – I'm not a big – you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of trading. I'll trade strictly out of necessity. Like, I remember when – you know what it was? When I first started playing fantasy baseball and, and you know, and it wasn't my job. And, you know, there I was, or you know, like sitting there and, and you know, hanging out with, like, my poker buddies from New York, right? We'd be, like, sitting there at the, at the card table every Sunday night. And and we just we would have trade talk going on or or whatever, you know, be like, oh, we're gonna sit out this hand. And like two guys would go outside and have a smoke and sit there and kind of hash out a deal sort of a, a situation there. Like, you know, I mean, that's you know, I, I used to love doing that. I used to love going to the bar for a beer and just sitting there and having a conversation about, you know, uh, a potential fantasy trade, or even like sit on the on the phone and and do it, right? You know, it was like <clears throat> when we sit there, like, you know, you play like a video game and you'd be like talking on the phone, you know, but this is all before interactive. Like I could connect to you and do that sort of thing. Sorry, folks. It, you know, it was the, it was the nineties. It was the, the, the mid nineties, but like, you know, like I used to love doing that right now. I'm like, ah, I don't really, I don't, I, I just don't enjoy it as much. I don't really, you know, to go back and forth and stuff. Maybe, maybe the industry has soured me on it a little bit. I don't know. But I mean, that was <clears throat> one of the reasons why I got rid of, you know, two of my leagues. And if you guys are listening uh, right now, my apologies, but, you know, I just don't have the time to put into all the trade talk, especially when it's like, you know, a league of, you know, guys who like always sit there and talk to each other on a regular basis, or, you know, like, you know, really good group of friends or something like that. And you're like the outside guy kind of, you know, sitting there and then you try, you know, if I just don't have that, that time to put in for the conversations and the trades and stuff like that, then I feel like I'm at a disadvantage and, and it's, it's not fair to me. It's not fair to the league, especially if I'm putting money on. Right. You know, so I was like, you know, I just kind of have to, you know, do that, but I, I feel bad, man. I feel bad that I don't, uh, I don't enjoy the art, art of the deal as much as I used to. Yeah, I mean, I get it. It can be fun to trade, but it is definitely time consuming because you, if you want to do it correctly, you have to look at someone else's roster, see what they need, because that's the one of the most insulting things to me, especially in the middle of the year when someone offers me a trade and they're offering me a closer and I'm first in saves. And it's like, wait, I got three closers and you're like, did you even look at my roster? Like, so yeah, you if you want to get a trade done correctly and not insult someone else, you have to look at their roster and see what they need instead of just blindly setting a trade. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> people blindly sending you like pile of junk trades or, uh, or, or a nightmare. That's, um, <clears throat> that's what got me into it with somebody else, uh, uh, from the industry. Um, all right. So, you know, um, this team that you put together auction, was it a keeper league going in or was it just flat out redraft every year? Um, nah, we keep, uh, uh max of five players and, okay. um, we do a minor league draft as well. So my keepers were Pete Alonso, Austin Riley, 
Juan Soto, Teoscar Hernandez, and Garrett Cole. Juan Soto, Garrett Cole, Teoscar Hernandez, and who are the others? Uh, Pete Alonso and Austin Riley. Pete Alonso and, and Austin. Okay, so o great OBP. power. Great yeah, power. and it's OBP as well. OBP, great power there. So what was your target going into with, with those guys as your keepers? <clears throat> what was your what was your target going into it? Um, you know, was obviously speed was something you were gonna have to go after. Um, and I'm and I'm sure obviously some pitching. So what was your main focus heading into the auction? Yeah, I mean, just playing the rule and seeing what the prices were. I think there were a couple guys early that maybe went a little cheaper than I thought that I should have jumped on. Obviously. Um, there were a couple people that held back money and I thought overspent obviously in the middle. So I didn't want to be in that situation. Um, the other big bet I got was Manny Machado. I did see he was scratched over the weekend, but he is back in the lineup on Monday with a back issue. So that's another guy. So I have a bunch of guys that are going to give me, though. I don't have a guy that I think that's going to steal 20 bases. You know, Machado could get 10 to 12. Um, I got a med Rosario. He can get 15 to 20 potentially. Um, Kayvon Biggio could get some, Grisham could get some, Teoscar could mm -hmm. get like 10, Soto could get 10, Josh Rojas, Lane Thomas. So I don't have like that elite speed guy, but I got a bunch of guys that can maybe get 10 to 15. So hopefully at least keep me competitive in the category. I did not get any top-notch closers, but I did the same thing last year. You could say I got lucky because I got Melanson and McGee very cheap. And I think Hector Neris, I don't know, someone. But yeah, Melanson and McGee got for like $5 combined last year. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be as fortunate with the guys I got this year, but I got David Bednar. But then I see that Chris Stratton might get some save opportunities. Daniel Hudson, because uh, they have not really said they want Blake trying to be the full-time closer. Jake McGee, for only a dollar. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. thinks it's still viable. McGee can get some saves. Uh, Anthony Bender, because um, I don't know how many people saw the news about floral not being ready for the start of the season and Cole Sulcer. So, um, and this is a daily league as well. So, um, see, I like, you know what? I like that group there just to, just for this aspect, right? Bednar with the, with the pirates, Sulcer with the, uh, with the Orioles. Like these aren't like, these aren't names and these are guys who get, could get traded, you know, to, you know, at, at the deadline, right? When somebody's looking for a reliever, you could definitely see that. But like these are the guys who, for the most part, on their you know on their team, they're going to get the the bulk of the work, and you're not paying anything for it, and 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 you're still not fall you're not falling out of contention. Like you didn't punt saves, you just have like some guys who are definitely in the mix, and some guy who could possibly be in the mix, and that's there's nothing wrong with going on the cheap like that. I've really, you know. I mean, you're. I'm. For me, it's like you either go all in on like fucking Hater and and Hendricks and Classe, uh, or or you just do it on the cheap. That whole in between shit over there. It's just that's there. There's that's too much screwing around. That that's a mess. Yeah. So, and most of the time, I mean, this is a three hundred dollar cap, and most of the closes were going between twenty and twenty five. So, okay. Yeah. You know, I was I was hoping to get one. I was kind of sitting back, saving some money, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to get at least one, and uh, it just did not work out. Um, yeah, like, yeah. Kniebel well. went for 19. You know, he was the guy I was looking at, and I was like, uh, can I go to 20? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, you know, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's always the tough part. That happened to me doing the um, you know, the the NL labor. Like all of a sudden the uh, 
you know, the, the closer market was just, it was so high. I was like, Ugh. you know, I didn't want to, didn't want to deal with that, but um, yeah. So if, if you, if you had to give yourself a grade on this team, you know, standard A through F, uh, where, where are you at? Are you at, are you at a B minus, a B plus? What do you like? Uh, probably B plus. That's not bad. B plus is good. B plus is solid. B plus is competitive. I like it. All right. So you did that. Good stuff there. Good stuff all around. Uh, you had it. How, how did the draft go? Uh, other than the the other one for your friend, that was obviously just like too painfully long. Yeah. No, this one went pretty smooth. I think this one took. It's an auction, so it's going to take longer. And we don't do reserve. We auction everyone off. So I think it took about four and a half hours with a one five minute break. So not too bad. Not too bad. And what would you grade that team, Adam? Which one? The the team that took the forever long draft. Oh, I mean, that one is, it's, it's too shallow. It's a head to head league um, with OBP. So, I mean, I, I thought I crushed it, but I told the guy, I'm like, you really have to work waivers in this league. You can't just have your draft and be like, I'm good. It's shallow. You know, it's uh 23 roster spots, 12 team league, and it's head to head. So you really have to work the waiver wire in that format. And I told him this is a format that you can punt. So I almost punted saves. I mean, the only closer I got was Bender. And then I took like three starting pitchers that have relief eligibility. So the thing is with saves, you don't like, you don't need to completely punt it because you could just go to the waiver wire in the first month or something and maybe get two closers. And now you got, cause there's two relief spots. It's like three starters, two relievers, and then three pitchers. So, you know, it's kind of punting going in, but you could easily pick up two relievers in the month and now have your saves. So, um, and the lineup's so shallow, bro. It's one catcher, first, second, third, short, three outfielders and a utility. I can't draft that like that, bro. It's just, it's not, it's not, I don't know. For me, it's not fun. I guess these guys are less, are, are more casual players, but it's just like, you got to pass on really good players, man. You're sitting there, you're like, like Dansby Swanson was sitting up there for a while and cruising. It's like, well, you kind of can't take them at this point. You really need pitching and everything. So it was just weird. It's not, it's not something I'm accustomed to. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 so tough. Like it's like that's one of the things that that we talk about all the time. It's so funny, you know, doing radio and podcasts and stuff, is that we don't like we we don't play in shallow leagues. We don't play where it's like you know, you, you, you just the 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 crazy options that are sitting on the waiver wire. And I think that's you know we like sit there when we're talking like waiver wire and stuff like that. We're focused on you know, kind of what we're used to needing. And like all of a sudden, then, you know, it's like you start like over, you know, you start naming a player. Like for for example, I did it during football, right? I was like, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Here's a guy that you're going to, you know, want to give a, you know, give a look to, right? And, and I don't remember, I don't remember who the receiver was. They picked up Donovan Peoples-Jones and then started him. I can't remember who the receiver was that they benched. But when they told me that, I was like, what? Like, why would you bench? Well, you were so high on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, but for like a wide, you know, for like a wide receiver three or a flex in a team during bye weeks when you've got like a, you know, 
knowledgeable owners, not when you're playing in like an 18 league. <laughs> like that's, we always, I think we kind of, we forget about that. We kind of take that for granted. No. Yeah. I mean, that's why context is needed for everything because some people do play in these shallow formats and uh, it makes it more uh, challenging at times. I mean, it also, you can, in this league, you can keep, uh, I think it was six round or later keepers. And I got him Bobby Witt and Logan Gilbert. I was kind of surprised Witt lasted that long. I, for a second, I thought he was taken. And then I'm looking, I'm like, Oh shit, he's here. That's the other thing too, man. That slow, slow draft just fucks with me, man, because your rhythm is off. Like you yeah. start tuning out, you know, like I ha- I was doing it while watching the NCAA. Now at that point, well, no, the Kansas-Miami game was good for a little bit, then Kansas pulled away, and then St. Peter's just never was in it. So. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just you don't get into a flow. You know, you're sitting there, and some, I mean, somebody was on the clock for, like, a half hour, and finally someone was like, oh, can you just give him the top-ranked player and let's move on? <laughs> for real, it was so bad, bro. I would never – I will never do it again, man. Never. <laughs> We kind of, we almost went through that uh, in in labor during the reserve round. We were like, can we just, you know, tell Lenny he can pick later, right? Because, like, we were, like, missing Lenny for the longest time. We were like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? Like, you know, <laughs> half hour, can we just give him the top guy? And yeah, man, come that? on. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Too funny. All right. Well, you mentioned a name that I definitely want to uh, address further, and that being uh, none other than Bobby Witt Jr. So let's talk a little Bobby Witt uh, when we get back. And uh, yeah, because I got to pay some bills here and do a quick commercial break. So Howard and Adam, back in a sec. All right, Adam, the man of the hour, Bobby Witt Jr. Now, you know, listen, there's uh, obviously we've there's there's been rookie hype, whatever. I, you know, um, very ironic that on the day that that um, that Albert Pujols goes home, right, and resigns with the uh, with the Cardinals, where it all started. Like he was the guy. If you remember in 2001 when Pujols first came on the scene. Like, you know, I mean, it came from out of nowhere and, and La Russa said he was going to, you know, he was going to start the season in the minors, but then an injury allowed him to stay up with the club and his bat was on fire and he just turned into, he just showed everybody that he's, he's Albert Pujols, right? And from that, like really from that year on, it just seemed like, you know, you always had your prospect hunters, you know, the guys in your fantasy league who just, you know, they know the youngsters, they they've always done it. Um, you know, they've been playing fantasy for a while, but in 2001, like all of a sudden it was like, boom, it became mainstream after that. Like all of a sudden now everybody wanted to know, and you see everybody jumping at, you know, all the young talent, you know, the Mike Trouts and the, and the Bryce Harpers and Fernando Tatis Jr. Like all of a sudden, you know, when you get a prospect and he's, 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 you know, highly touted, he, like the fantasy community loses their minds. And you know, listen, I've definitely been guilty of it. You gave me in the in the in the early 2000s, you gave me a power hitting third baseman, rookie third baseman. I was all in. Everybody knew. We we're like, oh, we're gonna bid up Longoria, we're gonna bid up Garrett Atkins, we're gonna bid up Adrian Beltry, 
Like, I mean, they just, everybody knew that that was just, I mean, it was just, it was my thing. I don't know why it just turned into uh, my thing, but, you know, Bobby Witt Jr. is, is, you know, obviously getting that hype right now. He is probably the number one rookie that, that everybody's kind of flipping out over. Um, where do you stand with him? Like, you know, when do you look, are you, you, you just said, you know, you had to take him there. Uh, you're not used to to that. So, you know, what are your thoughts on Bobby Witt? Are people jumping too early? Are you going to give me the Lenny Melnick? A rookie is a rookie is a rookie is a rookie. No, I mean, obviously every rookie is different. Of course, there's definitely some risk there. Um, I've taken him in one league so far. It was the uh, great fantasy baseball invitational um, because he kind of fell on my draft. I already had a shortstop, but also understand that He's probably going to get third base eligibility too. It looks like that's the plan, but I took him in a 15 team league in round eight. I was like, I was stunned that he was still there because in almost every other draft he was going earlier. I think even in some uh, NFBC main events over the weekend, I think he went in the fourth round. Um, now, again, in that format, there's a big overall prize that's six figures. So people are going to shoot and aim higher and be a little bit more aggressive. So you got to take that into account, but yeah, I mean, I already had Jorge Polanco at short. Now I could always move him to second as well. But I also drafted Cattell Marte. But I could always move him to the outfield as well. So at least <laughs> I had some flexibility there. But I was like, yeah, I'm not – it's round eight. You know, if this guy does what we've seen him do, you know, some power and some speed, I'm absolutely going to take a shot. Because Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational is also an overall um, championship as well. But what we've seen from Witt, I mean, last year at AA and AAA, he crushed. Um, between both, he had 33 homers and 29 steals. So yeah. there's just so much uh, talent and potential there that, yeah, I am willing to take a shot. But I'm trying to think, what are the drafts I've had where he like went? How high to reach? Because later on tonight, um, and you and I are recording here a little earlier than we usually do on a Monday. Um, I have the FSGA Champions League draft. It's a 15-teamer. I'm picking right in the middle. Like I got the seventh overall pick. And, you know, I mean, you know, obviously I, I'll, I'll just kind of wait and see what these first couple of picks give me. But, you know, like to sit there and, and wonder about where to take Bobby Witt, if I really, if I just, you know, if I want to have him in a league that, you know, like a, like a, like a meaningful league, because I don't think I have him in, I don't think I, did I get him in TGFBI? I might have. I should probably look at that and see, but. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to look for him in the fourth round of, uh, of the, the FSGA. I mean, come on, there's, there's no overall and <laughs> the only thing riding, uh, well, I mean, I guess we all put in 50 bucks, right? Um, and they give is you, it a, a, is it 12 team or 15? It's a 15 teamer. Okay. Right. So what would you do? If you if you really wanted him, Adam, tell me, help me, help me, really, Adam. If you really want him, like, why are you focused just on him though? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just because you know what? Because he's pretty special. And my roots actually in 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 baseball started from covering the Kansas City Royals, um, in writing. I like covered the Royals when like Hosmer and Mustakis and those guys were all prospects inside the uh, inside the system. So I've You're always had this little affectation for the Kansas city Royals. 
it's always tough because you don't know what the competition is. But my guess is what fifth, sixth round is probably where he's going to go. Right. It's kind of what I figure. Fifth, sixth. Yeah. I'm double checking here. My great fantasy baseball invitational team. And I do not see any Bobby Witt Jr. there. So, yeah, I don't have him anywhere. Going to want him somewhere. Oh, Jesus. I have Flaherty and Shane Boz. Ooh. Let me close that. Let me close that. Let's not look at that again. Well, I got to figure out when's uh, first waivers is not this weekend, right? I think it is, actually. It is this weekend. Shit. (laughs) Got to make it rain on Matt Brash. (laughs) Yeah, he was taken in my auction, man. Can you believe that shit? Oh, dude. You know what? It It probably was someone listening to the podcast. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Well, let me see. Do I have any issues in TGFBI now that you uh, brought that up? Well, I I love my team. God, this team is sexy. Holy (laughs) shit. This team is phenomenal, bro. Oh, my God. I wish this was for money. (laughs) For real, I I love this team. Because I got some players whose value increased. Like, I got Matt Olson. Mm-hmm. Giolito, who I heard was going in the second round of main events, and we spoke about Giolito on uh, Fantasy Alarm on Friday. I'm a, a big fit. Like Giolito was the guy I wanted in like that fourth, fifth round. If I don't get the elite pitchers, and I know in the main event he's moving up, I'm doing my main event Sunday night. Um, yeah, I got Darvish is someone I'm very high on this year. I know his price is going up. He's had a great spring. I got him in my auction. I got him in this one. Uh, I got Corey Knebel in round ten of this one. Um, so, yeah, that's the only thing. I only got really one closer, right, I guess. Yeah, Knable and who – oh, yeah, I took Finnegan, but I think it's going to be Rainey because Rainey's the guy I've been taking. Oh, Robert Suarez from San Diego. So maybe he gets a shot. So, yeah, I kind of only have one closer right now. Um, so, obviously, I'll have to go to the waiver wire. But, yeah, the rest of the team looks pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty good. Wait a minute. Why is this? This is showing – the Barf League, I did not draft the same exact team in Barf and TGFBI. Oh, this one's set on, where's TGFBI? Because now I'm like wondering if I had in the uh, in the Barf League, if I ended up with um, Bobby Witt over there. It's how it works, team. I can't say Oh, no, same. I got him in TGFBI. I didn't get him in Barf. All right. What, Witt? Yeah. Oh, jeez. All right, wait, 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 let's TGFBI. Oh, hello. Can we talk TGFBI for a second? Let's, let's, like, can we just go with our teams here? Can we start with your catchers? Okay, let me go back to it. Come on, baby, go back. <laughs> um, I did not pay up for catchers. Uh, let's see. I have Narvaez, who I do like. He's always pretty solid. And it's good hitters park. So I have Narvaez and Eric Haas. Okay, I got I got Rutschman, who I'm going to have to replace, and Joey Bart. Okay. All right, first base. Matt Olson. Me too! Second base. Kettle Marte. I got Colton Wong. Shortstop. 
Jorge Polanco. I have Bobby Witt Jr. I have Witt as my middle infielder. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <ooh>. um, <laughs> my middle infielder is uh, Abraham Toro. Yeah, I've been drafting him too, so don't feel as good about that. But hopefully, he gets some playing time. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. We'll just we'll wait and see on that. Third base, Donaldson. I got Chapman. Uh, give me your outfielders. Betts, Luis Robert, Jared Kelnick, Hunter Renfro, uh, Chaz McCormick, Lamonte Wade. All right, Am I missing someone? Oh well, yeah, I might. I think I wait. Am I moving Marte to the outfield? I might have to. I don't have a lot of outfielders, huh? Okay. I've got Juan Soto, a Rosarina, Eloy, Miles Straw, and Riley Green. Okay. Uh, so I dig that. I dig that group. Sitting on the bench, just uh, Seth Brown is my only backup outfielder there. Um, corner infield, I got Brandon Belt. Middle infielder, Abraham Toro. Who's your corner? Uh, Nate Lowe. Mm-hmm. Witt as the middle. Yep. Nice, nice. Utility? Um, who is the utility? I guess it's it's gonna be rotating. I guess Biggio could be one, Jeremy Pena. So I guess it depends on matchups. Yeah, I've got that too between like Seth Beer, uh Christian Walker. Um yeah, so I'm I'm fine there. And then uh and then pitching, you ready? So here here are my pitchers. Um, Jacob DeGrom, Alec Manoa, Pablo Lopez, Logan Gilbert, Tariq Skubal, uh, Oscar Wainoa, Yusei Kikuchi, and Hunter Green. I only have one closer in Joe Barlow. Um, so I'm going to have to, I do have Robert Suarez and Pierce Johnson. If they, uh, if they kind of creep into, uh, into that, that spot there. I love my starting pitching. Holy shit. DeGrom, Gilbert, Lopez, Manoa. Ooh, mama. What do you got? What do you got? Uh, Giolito, Darvish, Luis Garcia, Kopech, Alex Cobb, John Gray, Stephen Matz. Uh, yeah, those are my main guys. I got a – oh, Al Zale I drafted, so I got to cut him. Yeah, I have uh, Jose Barrero. He's going to be a nice immediate cut also. Um, seeing that uh, top 20 again this year, Adam. <laughs> Hopefully. Right? Oh, man. Some good stuff to fill in. It's my barf team that's barf. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. How did that happen? Well, I mean, it's in the Flaherty and the Boz situation. Uh, not good. Interesting. Well, all right, man. All right. Um, drafts coming up this week. Besides you and me having the uh, the the futures draft, which I guess um, we'll use. We'll we'll talk about that as we um, when we get the uh, the list for what we can choose from as far as the uh, the the futures. I guess we can uh, we can do that. That's going to be Friday. When are we going to get the list an hour before the draft? <laughs> they better give it soon. I'll uh, I'll hit up Digger. Be like, come on, man, give it to me. 
Um, so I've got well, so all right, so I've got a best ball for the FSGA that I'm repping Sirius XM. That's Tuesday morning. I've got the FSGA Champions League draft tonight, and then on Friday, I've got the the futures uh draft over there. So I got a full dance card this uh this entire week. It's gonna be uh exciting stuff there. How about you? Um don't have too many drafts this week. I'm working on doing an NFBC online championship. So I might pencil that in Friday night. Um and then Sunday night I have my main event. And then Saturday I'll be in New York City as the facilitator for the uh Mike the Mouth invitational, which is the um uh five thousand dollar buy-in, I believe. So I've oh, been the, the NFBC one? Yeah. So I've been doing that for years now. So I will be going again to do that. Isn't that it's only five thousand? I thought they were putting in more. I believe it's five. Or maybe, or is it fifteen? I don't know. I forgot. I don't, maybe you know, I, I covered it on Sirius XM. I couldn't remember what the uh, what the buy-in was there, but yeah, five k. That's uh, that's that's substantial. Maybe it's fifteen k. That would be even more substantial, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. Oh, so Steve Cohen's not allowed in this one, is he? Not anymore. What do you mean? Because he's does he own the Mets? He was never in it. I thought he was in it a couple no. of years ago. No, you're Are thinking. You sure? I'm positive. I've been there. Okay. Huh. You're, you're thinking of Dave Einhorn. He was, oh, he was rumored to buy go. the Mets, and he's a hedge gotcha. fund guy. He's been in it, and he he did win it one year. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he won it, and the year after was the year I hosted um, on Sirius XM. Okay. Uh, where uh, is this a, a, an undisclosed location again? Do they have you in some rando conference? Room? No, that was that was only because it was the pandemic, so they couldn't get a hotel. So they did his office. This will be at the Stewart Hotel in New York City. Oh, okay. That's where they're having their main events this weekend. Gotcha. Well, all right, man. All right. Sounds good. Good shit all around. Um, any uh, any any baseball news from over the weekend that uh, that kind of caught you by surprise or something that really stood out to you for those who are uh, listening in and are drafting this week? Um, nothing of significance, right? Not um. Not really. I mean, I know AJ Hinch said it was too soon to decide on Torkelson and Green. That was kind of interesting when it seemed like they were Locks ready to bring them up. Yeah. So that's I, I wrote about that. I was like, I you know, is this like a motivational thing that because they're rookies, you know, that he's just trying to, you know, instill that whole like nothing is given. So, you know, I can't I know, what else are they gonna do with the without those two guys? Be garbage. Yeah. Uh, Cody Bellinger striking out every time in the spring. 14 times out of 19 at-bats. Yeah. Not good. You give it up? I mean, he's still, I don't know. He's so tough because he was an MVP candidate before and was so good. But, man, it's just he's changed his swing a few times. So I'm probably pat. I mean, I have passed so far, so I'll probably continue to pass. Yeah, I have not been in on him at all. Um, 
this year. And I actually, I just, it's so funny. I wrote that up because I was, again, I was like, bad. So the dude like changed the swing and Bowden's been like high on him. Right. I'm going to have to like grill him about that one today because I mean, there's just, there's nothing. I see nothing that's, you know, that, that justifies, well, he's still worth the shot. Right. I mean, we've seen guys fall off a cliff before. I mean, you know, this is like, you know, at least when Adam Dunn fell off the cliff, you know, it was like, you know, after after 10 or 15 years of, of him just raking 40 bombs on a regular basis. Um, and then he just vanished. But, I, you know, I don't know. Jim seems to think that it's uh, it's it's more mental for him than anything else. And eventually he'll get over it. Guess we'll find out soon enough. But that's definitely not what you want to see in the spring. No, 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 no. Um, I also saw that uh, as if you, you we wanted to elevate Otani's value even more. Uh, Madden's talking about him being his leadoff hitter now. Yeah, I did see that. Hurt the RBI, improve the improve the runs scored. You know, obviously, you know, open up more stolen base opportunities there but extra at bats that's that's all i see is just extra at bats right that's always a good thing such a good thing especially when it's somebody like otani yeah so all right well good shit all around here i am going to uh go get ready for the fantasy alarm show on sirius xm um and then i'm going to uh get ready to do a draft so I got nothing else. You got anything else for me, Adam? Any 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 words of encouragement for me as I in my my quest to win the FSGA Champions League? Go crush it. Go crush it. Sound advice. Sound advice. Like where your head's at. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for us, Adam. I hope you feel better. I do remember that you did say you were sick, so um, appreciate you uh, you you gutting it out here. And uh, we will catch up with you tomorrow. For you out there listening, thank you so much for liking and subscribing. For my man, Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Catch you next time.